So a guy in Arizona got the ride of his life when the self-driving taxi he was a passenger in went on the lam. The vehicle is operated by anonymous or anonymous autonomous driving service Waymo. It'd be funny if it were anonymous. Yeah, maybe the same thing. Uh, it appeared to get confused when it ran into some construction cones on its route. After a series of abrupt starts and stops, Waymo tech support dispatched a human being to the robot taxi, and uh, the taxi sped away twice actually. It's like, I don't want you. What are you doing here? Uh, tech support finally caught the vehicle, and the passenger was able to complete his trip. Hopefully, didn't get charged extra for the time because, you know, it wasn't his fault. But. Uh-huh. Okay, well, runaway taxis. It's Machine Kills. Hello, comrades. It's episode 85 of This Machine Kills, your premium episode for the week. I'm Jathan, joined by Ed and producer Jeremy, as always. You know, we, we ended our free episode uh, with a little story about Mesa, Arizona. You know, the data centers that are going in there, you know, the drought, the, the, the amount of resources, water, electricity that they're using, all for the most socially useless and planetarily harmful uh, reasons. Let us return back to the Phoenix metropolitan area, back to the land of Mesa, which, you know, that's where the, y'all didn't know, but Mesa, Arizona is where the future is made. You right. know, um, I don't know what it is. I lived in Tempe, Arizona for a while. So I did grad school at Arizona State University. So I lived in the Phoenix metropolitan area right next to uh, Mesa um, for, for about four years. I don't know what it is about Mesa that uh, gets all these tech companies to go out there and use it as these test beds, right? Mesa, or not Mesa, but uh, Arizona is also where Bill Gates was talking like years ago about creating his own smart city. Um, like, like, you know, basically just uh, buying up a bunch of land and incorporating a city and like, you know, building it as this like smart from scratch city, you know, Arizona is just like, you know, it's, it, it's the wild west for tech, you know, it's right. like close enough to Silicon Valley that it's like easy to get out there, but it's also just a lot of land. It's cheap. Um, it's a pretty like, you know, poor area in terms of, uh, you know, economics and resources. So it's just like ripe for, uh, like internal colonization by, uh, by tech companies to, in order to do that though, you got, you got to have your propaganda, you know, to assuage the people that actually live there who are like, you know, stop using our water, stop putting your, uh, autonomous vehicles on our road. Um, cause you know, Mesa is also where like Google was trialing Waymo uh, or mm -hmm. still is trialing Waymo. It's autonomous vehicle service, uh, for a while, you know, Tempe as you know, people are probably well aware is where, uh, you know, a pedestrian was hit and killed by an autonomous vehicle. Mm -hmm. Um, there's like routinely crashes with autonomous vehicles in that area. Cause they're just like, they're just out there on the road. It, it is some like real wild west type shit. You know, it's a venture capitalist libertarian dream. Um, also very funny that like, it's very common to be like open carrying in, uh, in, in Arizona. So, you know, I think there might be a, 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 a I'm sure there's a chapter of the John Brown uh, rifle club out there mm -hmm. in Arizona. We okay. need, the, we need the Ned, the Ned Ludd rifle club. Yeah. I would not be opposed. Um, I am not supporting. This is not advice, legal or otherwise. 
but I would laugh a lot if someone were to pop a cap in like, you know, some Waymo cars or something like that. Just open <laughs> up on the with a street dogs. sweeper. Yeah. I'm just I'm just cleaning up the streets with my street sweeper on these Waymo cars. <laughs> This is a recruiting call to uh, all the uh, Luddites in the greater Phoenix area. It is not that. Nope. This this is not a recruiting call. Legally, <laughs> this is not a recruiting call. It's never time. <laughs> um, but so uh, let us return back to the Phoenix metropolitan area. We haven't done a, a proper reading series in a long time. I've I've come across a prime candidate. Uh, there there has never been a stupider article <laughs> written <laughs> about uh, tech, <laughs> just in general. <laughs> then then uh, we're talking about our boy Malcolm Gladwell, the king of all useful idiots, uh, the mercenary of propaganda. You know, willing to be the mouthpiece for all the most odious. Uh, people, uh, industry, uh, executives, investors uh, in, in, in the world, you know, just whoever will pay him his, his you know, whoever will, will flick him that, that pouch of gold coins, he'll go out there and he'll write your propaganda for you. Um, I, it wasn't oh, well. until I, yeah, and he will, and it wasn't, until I, it wasn't until I read this piece that we're going to go through that I fully realized just how uh, like childlike his brain is too, just how, just how empty how hollow it is. People are dumb. Let's just get into it. So this is this is um, uh, a, a sponsored post for, so Facebook has also just started a new newsletter service. It's like a Substack copycat called Bulletin. And Malcolm Gladwell uh, has his, uh, he, he's one of the, the kind of like, you know, hallmark writers that Facebook has like hired to help promote this service and all that. So Malcolm Gladwell is writing a newsletter now for Facebook. Um, and this, this piece is called, Have We Misunderstood the Future of the Automobile? It's not what you think. It's much better. <laughs> good. That's right. a good start. I'm, 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 stand- I'm excited. I'm strapping in right now, Jason. Strap in. Strap in. I'm standing outside a Sozo coffee house in a street. What the fuck is Sozo? <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> it's not great. It's so so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go for the obvious joke there. I mean, yeah, it was good. It was a good one. Oh man. So yes. Sozo Coffee House. So I'm standing outside a Sozo Coffee House in a strip mall near Phoenix, Arizona. Perfectly blue skies, maybe 70 degrees, an imperceptible breeze. My podcast producer, Jacob Smith, is here with me. This is also, I didn't realize, I mean, of course he does, but this is where I learned that Gladwell has a podcast, which is called Revisionist History. And I mean, that's just, that's just. Wait, really? Cherry on top. Yeah. His podcast is called Revisionist History. Oh my God. <laughs> it is really saying the quiet part loud. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> I know. You can't keep getting away. <laughs> oh, man. So my podcast producer, Jacob Smith, is here with me. We are waiting for the coolest car ever made. 
It's a Chrysler Pacifica hybrid, a minivan tricked out by the geniuses at Google with every conceivable high-tech sensor and gizmo known to man so that it can drive itself, a fully autonomous vehicle. Mm. Google calls it Waymo. And here on the outskirts of Phoenix, you can order Waymo on an app like Uber. I mean, uh, already like like third sentence into this piece, and he's like the geniuses at Google. Like mm-hmm. you, he's typing with one hand. Yeah, right? like, <laughs> I was like, just about to it. say. <laughs> <laughs> I was already screaming by the time we got to this point, but it, it gets like it gets so much dumber. Our Waymo silently glides up like a spooky ghost ship, and we get on board. We are on our way to a new century, a new era, the dawn of a new age. Although I have to be honest, the future was not what we expected. It was better. I don't think I've ever actually read a, like I've never read one of Gladwell's books, right? Like I just know Gladwell through osmosis and like reading this piece, I didn't realize how bad he actually is at writing. (laughs) He made a career out of this. He's like, he's insanely bad at writing. (laughs) I don't know. I really don't. Uh, I read. I read essays and other things that I'm cursed with knowing about when they come into the feed, and I try to keep it to a minimum. You know, he's not a great writer. He's a bad historian, bad analyst, uh, but he tells uh, stories, and I guess the stories are what people are into. Right. He tell yeah. He tells stories, and they're all like half fictionalized, right? Like he calls it nonfiction, but it's all just like. You never let the truth stand in the way of a good story. Like, yeah, that's, exactly. his, like that's his prime directive. Of course. Why would you do that? <laughs> we sit in the back. You have to sit in the back of a Waymo. If we lean slightly forward, we can see the van's steering wheel turning all by itself. We do not pull over. We cruise down the streets of Chandler. Somewhere unseen, algorithms and artificial intelligences are guiding us unerringly toward our destination the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema in Tempe. Now, uh, uh, like a better writer and a far better analyst would be like, huh, what are these unseen algorithms? What are they doing? What are these unseen AI systems? Like, Where are like, they? Yeah, How like, are they invisible? Are they? What are they doing to guide? Like they would ask questions about everything he kind of just assumes is going on. The Everything that he just takes with like absolute childlike wonder. Yeah. Yeah. But with but but the most incurious man to ever mm-hmm. live, right? That's, he, the yeah. most, that's, that's yeah. why they let him in the car, you know? That, I mean, that's ex- <laughs> no, that's exactly right, right? They're like, we can't let someone with any, uh, any kind of curiosity into this car. They might start asking questions. Mm-hmm. While Jacob and I were cruising around the suburbs of Phoenix, I took a video from the backseat of our Waymo of the steering wheel turning by itself, as the, as the houses and sidewalks whoosh past, I tweeted out the video and watched from the back seat as the replies flooded in. You know, replies like, I would be freaking out the entire time. Been very nice listening to your podcast. Your upcoming demise is a great loss. This will all end in tears. <laughs> <laughs> I like that even Gladwell's like 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 sycophantic like followers who are like replying to him are just like yo peace like really enjoyed your work but like you know nice knowing you yeah adios 
You're toast, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of people are frightened by the idea of a self-driving car. But let me tell you, don't be frightened. From the moment we got in the minivan, neither Jacob nor I could believe what a calming, measured, completely zen experience we were having. Waymo slowed smoothly for a stoplight and kept a respectful distance from other drivers. One time, we encountered a man in a wheelchair sharing the road. Waymo decelerated elegantly, gave him a generous berth, then cautiously pulled away. This is something he continuously does, which is to like anthropomorphize Waymo, uh-huh, uh-huh. right? He's like, like the experience was so calm and measured. He, uh, but Waymo itself is just like, you know, this dispassionate, uh, you know, respectful, elegant, right? Like it, it's, it's, it's so bizarre to anthropomorphize uh, a car, like in like a, a quote unquote autonomous vehicle, in this way, we never actually get any kind of sense of like how autonomous this vehicle is. And and I'm also going to go ahead and guess that it was a uh, highly uh, like like there was a lot of oversight going on because they knew that they had Malcolm Gladwell and his podcast right. producer in it, right? And that this was right. going that this is all just a, a huge giant like PR puff piece, right? This is SpawnCon, but like Gladwell is so dumb that mm-hmm. I, it's unclear if this is actually sponsored in any kind right. of way. <laughs> <laughs> right. If we ever get invited to do shit like this, I'm not doing it because you know it's it's a fucking setup. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I don't think we'll have to worry about it, but I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. This reminds me as well of like, like I I did some work a few years ago with some roboticists um, when I was at the University of Sydney uh, who were who were and are building, you know, an autonomous vehicle for research purposes, right? Like they're, they're kind of developing the this platform for, you know, like an autonomous uh, golf cart basically is what they've built. And I was like doing some research on with them about it, um, studying the kind of like social uh, and like, ge- like geographical spatial issues and all of that. And we, we like struck up a, we, we got on the topic of trust one day and they were talking about how like they think is so absurd and so crazy that like so many tech enthusiasts have so much trust in these vehicles right like people like gladwell right they're just like like man i'm 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 so calm this is a zen experience like i'm i'm putting my life in waymo's uh you know fully autonomous hands because right. I, I trust it i trust mm-hmm. the geniuses at google mm-hmm. um whereas like and there's this like stark difference between these tech enthusiasts who are just like this is this is the future this is fucking amazing versus these engineering experts um who i was working you know these these researchers these academics, these engineers who I was working with actually building these things who were just like, hell no, you ain't never going to catch me in one of these vehicles unless I can like have immediate control and oversight over over the thing if it starts doing anything wrong. Like, hell no, right. I ain't sitting in the back seat. Are you fucking right. crazy? I'm yeah. sitting in the front seat with my hand on the steering wheel the entire oh. time. Because <laughs> they, seems- they like... They, they know how glitchy and how bad this technology is. It's, it's wild that um, like that he sits there in the back and he's like, well, you're actually the crazy one for not allowing this to happen. Yeah, yeah. You, you Like you're the crazy one for not sitting here and throwing your life into the hands. It's also in, it's, it's, 
Also funny because, as I mean, you'll talk about, he mentions this a bit. He kind of obliquely mentions it, right? But like, this is a town that, that people have died in because of these cars. And like, I don't think that's mentioned at all in the entire piece. Is that? No. <laughs> okay. So what the fuck? There, there's literally been pedestrians that have been murdered by self-driving cars in this fucking town. There's like, that was, that was one of the main reasons why Uber eventually had to spin that, like kill eventually its autonomous vehicle thing, right? Because they got launched into this lawsuit and it set off a PR crisis that made them stop doing the research on the streets. Mm-hmm. It's because they didn't have Gladwell on the on the <laughs> yeah, payroll. <right>. <laughs> when I saw LiDAR mentioned, I was like, wait a motherfucking second. Because LiDAR is the technology that the Waymo executive who went over to Uber was accused of stealing, right? One of the th- trade secrets he was accused of stealing and bringing over to them. And then in my head, I'm like, okay, but uh, where's the mention? He mentions Uber. He mentions Uber in there. He doesn't mention the fact that they killed somebody in the fucking state. God doesn't mention why they're not doing autonomous vehicle trials anymore. What an incurious person. (laughs) So incurious. Like, like uh, dangerous levels of incuriosity. (laughs) It's, it's, it feels malicious, you know? It does. Yeah, no, it does. It feels, it feels wildly malicious to put this article out there in this, like in this tone um, and in this framing, right? It's, it's, Absolutely. All right. But then he does go on to say, Arizona has the dubious distinction of being one of the most dangerous states in the country for pedestrians. Dubious. (laughs) Phoenix as the prime culprit. Dubious. (laughs) The city where a self-driving car killed somebody. Dubious distinction. (laughs) But he doesn't mention that, right? No, the problem is just like cars in general, which is true. Like cars in general are really bad. I mean, it's just pure propaganda to think that like, you know, like, Tesla's autopilot or Google's Waymo or something like that is going to, let's not even get into Tesla and the amount of people that have been <laughs> decapitated by Tesla's. No, yeah, we're blown out <laughs> the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, so he says, uh, you know, this is not a city designed for anything, but, but the convenience of automobiles. Now that's true. When I lived in Phoenix, I did, I'm wondering, Gladwell still Gladwell still for me? Because I, 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 I would routinely say that Phoenix is a city built for cars and people just happen to live there. Yeah. Like just by like some cosmic accident, people live there because it is uh-huh. a city that's designed for cars. Like, you know, like the average road is like a four lane, you know, like highway, you know, like that, right. like those are roads like through towns are just like right. four lane highways. Right. Um, and blocks are like a mile long, right? It's just like, un, like, like just an un walkable place mm-hmm. you know of course what you know what's the solution for that well it's waymo obviously right the solution right. is not to build a city that's like human scale or to rip up all this like you know vehicular infrastructure um or whatever but yeah as jeremy just threw in the chat tempe is a difficult frogger level yeah the, you know, <laughs> living in arizona is frogger on hard mode <laughs> on hardcore mode um gladwell goes on with a full, with a city full of Chrysler Pacifica hybrids tricked out with radar, lidar, 19 cameras, microphones, and the ability to see 300 yards in every distinction, make that city safer? Yes, it would. Wrong. Why the fuck you lying? <laughs> Why <are> you lying? <laughs> Why <are> you lying? <laughs> but the future will get even better than that. 
way more better. I almost stopped reading at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I had multiple people. Uh, I saw like like I posted this article, and then multiple people were like like screenshotted that part, and was like, "I stopped reading after this." <laughs> <laughs> but I'm 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 sad to report that uh, this article gets way more dumber. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> this oh is, my this god. <laughs> I need to take you on a brief digression away from the sunny streets of Phoenix to a recent call I had with Roseanne McManus, a professor of political science and international affairs at Penn State University. McManus specializes in what's known as deterrence theory. Why do some conflicts lead to war and others just fizzle out? Quote, if there is complete information, so you know exactly how costly the other side finds war to be and how likely each side is to win if you fight, then there's really no opportunity to bluff and there should be no war because both sides know what would happen if you did fight a war. Right. And so, if one side is more powerful and they would win, then deterrence would would work perfectly and deterrence would never fail and life would be really simple. What Mc- sure. Sure. All right. Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, you, you just explain in mutually assured destruction to right. us. Like, all right, cool. Um, you know, let's understand autonomous vehicles through like Cold War political science theory. All right, tight. (laughs) What McManus means is that if I'm rational and you are rational and I know your intentions and capabilities and you know mine, then we're not going to go to war. Neither of us can effectively blackmail each other or make a threat or intimidate. Under the rational scenario, if you say, I'll nuke you if you cross that line, I just roll my eyes and say, no, you won't. You're not blowing up the world because I crossed a line. But what if you're just a little bit crazy? McManus is one of a number of deterrence theorists who have thought about this possibility. By crazy, McManus doesn't mean completely psychotic. She means somewhat irrational. It's crazy to be irrational. What if you are are possessed of, and this is the phrase she uses, extreme preferences. That is, that you really want certain things and are willing to pay an insanely high price to get those certain things. If you're a little bit crazy like that, then I'm terrified because I really don't know whether you'd risk millions of dead, uh, millions of dead to get what you want. McManus says that this was exactly the situation before World War II when the British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain famously believed Hitler when Hitler said he wasn't going to wage a total war. I'm fucking exhausted, dog. <laughs> like, like, what is this digression? Like, are they paying him by the word? It is, yeah, there must be, dude, because this is such a weird tee up for an analogy about how pedestrians and cars are in a deterrence war with each other or whatever. And it's all, I mean, there's just, you know, okay. <laughs> it's like, a, it's on the one level, it's a two dimensional picture of rationality among humans, right? Because people are motivated by a host of things that are rational in their individual context, that are objectively rational, that are irrational in their specific context, that are objectively irrational. You know, like, it doesn't make sense to apply. The Terrence theory, there's already some, there's some problems. Some problems with reducing basic human actions to whether or not they're going to do something because whether or not they're a rational actor, right? There's problems with defining what is a rational and irrational action, especially if you're doing it inside of market context, especially if you're doing it in something like stepping out onto a street or being a pedestrian, right? I want to see where he's going with it, but it is pretty fucking stupid to say 
yeah, <laughs> to say that the reason why people may or may not interact with cars in a certain way is because of rationality or irrationality. I mean, cars in of themselves are an objectively irrational thing that exists, right? We reorganized entire cities, which are for people, to be accessible to cars in the name of maximizing the, uh, the mobility of people. But they require massive amounts of space. So massive amounts of city are f- permanently foreclosed from human habitation or travel in the name of the mobility, right? Also, there are massive death machines that move at ridiculous rates and will kill you or mangle you if they hit you. Also, they're incredibly resource intensive. So like cars to begin with are an irrational thing. And the reason why people like cars or don't like cars is operating so far removed from this bullshit deterrence theory that it doesn't make any sense. People, the, some people like cars because they think that because a specific car serves a specific need in their lifestyle. Some people get a car because they think that it communicates something about a lifestyle. Some people get a car because it's all they can fucking afford. Some people get a car because it's what they need to move around in the city. Some people get a car because they're obsessed with cars and they would fuck them if the laws of the land allowed it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> there's, there's so much range of reasoning that a lot of them are rational within it, but all of them are fundamentally irrational because you shouldn't have a fucking car. You know? Uh... I unfortunately but, saw the movie where people fucked cars and I was scarred. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's Crash. Oh my <laughs> God. Not, not the movie that's that won the, J- the Oscar. Yeah, not, not that one. The other one, the J.G. Ballard one. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. People have fucked cars on the screen before. Uh, Some people get cars because uh, they saw MLK's voice in that commercial one time and, and, uh, and said, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Ford is about having a dream. Um, I want that. I don't know about you guys, but I want to escalate now because Huey Freeman's doing the commercials for Cadillac now. I, I just what? I know it I know I know it's Regina King, but I just can't get I can't wrap my mind around <laughs> I can't wrap my mind around Huey Freeman being a salesperson for Cadillac. Wait, just, is she doing the voice as Huey? No, but that's oh, what her voice, that's all I hear. It's, when yeah. it's the talks. same voice. I mean, it is the same, same voice, voice, but it'd be wild if she would be like, <laughs> Cadillac's the only car that the government trusts <laughs> to put the president in. Why are you not driving a car that the president is inside? <laughs> or some shit like that. I don't know. Like, I, my, mind, my, I was, my mind was melting. I was thinking that you were saying that they literally had Regina reading scripts that belong in the boondocks. <laughs> that the boondocks are sponsoring Cadillac, <laughs> which, you know, it's possible. I mean, in the world we live in. Imagine an Uncle Ruckus commercial. Oh, God. <laughs> Uncle Ruckus selling, selling Cadillacs. You remember that episode of the boondocks where he's like, um, uh, fuck you, fuck your buck. No, it was Riley. Uh, it was like, fuck you, fuck your buck teeth, fuck your gap, fuck your hair, fuck your helmet, fuck Bush, fuck America, fuck the president. And they should do, if a car company had Regina King do that and they just listed all the brands, that's a good, that's a good ad. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's, that's an ad for this machine kills. Right. <laughs> we could we could make a fake ad. <laughs> we'll figure out we'll figure out how to do the uh, the Riley Amazon, impersonation. Fuck Facebook. <laughs> fuck Google. <laughs> fuck Microsoft. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I know what I'm, I'm doing I'm, for the next week. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to bring us back to this article, which is all, which is starting to give me some extreme preferences, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting some extreme preferences targeted at Gladwell right now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking, uh, in, in the world of deterrence, this is called the madman theory. McManus argues that people in any conflict may have an advantage if the other side perceives them as being just a little bit, but not entirely nuts. We fucking know this, right? This is like Nixon, right? This is this is the whole thing about Nixon. Like, if you uh, walk into a meeting with blood on your cufflinks, the other party might listen to you a little bit more. Yeah, that's how you get a. That's that's called leaning in. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Thinking about it another way, as a pedestrian, why do I not just walk out in front of other cars? (laughs) There's a deterrence. I don't know, Gladwell. Why don't you walk out in front of another car? (laughs) Just try it. (laughs) Try it on for size. You don't know. You don't know. Maybe you like it. (laughs) The driver might be more interested in their text messages than you walking in front of them. They have a series of extreme preferences. I want to dwell on the issue of deterrence on the streets. I wish you wouldn't. Yeah, Uh, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Drivers are not rational, and I think that we sometimes lose sight of this fact. I thought professional cyclists, of all people, would have the best perspective on the inherent craziness of drivers. Uh, so I called up cyclist extraordinaire Lance Armstrong, who has been oh actively sharing the road with drivers for almost 40 years. This is the privilege you get if you're Gladwell. You can just call <laughs> up like Lance Armstrong and be like, yo, I'm writing this puff piece for Waymo. Right. I want to get your thoughts. Uh, about, I'll give you a call. Like, yeah, I want to get, I want to <laughs> get your thought about like, what do you think about cars, man? Like, yeah, you vibe with them. You like them. You, you vibe. Them? You vibe with cars. Are you antique car. <laughs> well, let me tell you this. Lance told me, "quote Just before I say anything, cars freak me out." I'm getting jokerified. Intense phobia of cars. <laughs> that's, that's why my man bikes in long distances. That's <laughs> actually why phobic. he did the steroids. It's so he could outdo the cars. And get the fuck <laughs> He's like John Henry. <laughs> but instead of trying to beat the train, he's trying to outrace the car. <laughs> real, real quick, though, is John Henry a Luddite? <laughs> no, we can get into that debate later, but I, I, I would actually say no, he's not a Luddite. <laughs> Lance continued, being out on the road with cars and drivers and distracted drivers, it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Gladwell goes on, this is Lance Armstrong, a man so utterly and completely badass that he would happily go out on a bike for 100 plus miles in the middle of the southern French summer, (laughs) riding at insane speeds up and down massive mountains. I like also, there's a little bit, what the fuck is the weather in the southern French? Is he he implying, am I supposed to know? Is it hot? Is it hotter than usual? Is it cold? Like, what is? The, what are their summers like? Because <laughs> he says the way he says that suggests is the familiarity of someone who summers in France, and I just want to know mm-hmm. like, what what is the climate there? Is it? Hot? Ex- it's Mediterranean. That's exactly right. It's Mediterranean. 
Why the fuck wouldn't you bike in that? What? That sounds great. <laughs> that sounds That's beautiful. <laughs> but you're exactly right. This is the sentence of a man who summers in the south of France, precisely. Right? Like this is the this is this is the sentence of a man who calls up Lance Armstrong. It's just like, yo, cars? Yes or no? <laughs> Cloud Will goes on. And just the fucking a man so utterly and completely badass. <laughs> My man has the brain of an eight-year-old boy. Yeah, he does. Like, and the curiosity to match, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a runner. I think runners are the greatest thing ever. What the fuck is that sentence? <laughs> they're not people; they're things. <laughs> Yeah, I think runners are the greatest thing ever. We're not as tough as cyclists, not even close. I asked Lance if he's ever been hit by a car. Quote, of course, oh yeah, many times, he tells me. I mean, probably, looking, look, getting hit once is too many. I'm probably right around five. Oh, that makes me want to run out of ride a bike. <laughs> <laughs> My man needs to learn how to ride in the, you know, ride in the street. That's, that's yeah. the problem. He's riding with all these bikes. He doesn't know how to ride with cars. Yeah. Uh, that's re- that's the real I, thing. He's- <laughs> I rode my bike when I lived in Phoenix. I, I rode my bike everywhere. I rode my bike in Sydney. I rode my bike. I ride my bike in Melbourne, right? Like these are dangerous places to ride your bike. I ain't never been hit by a car. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'm just built different than Lance Armstrong. Yeah. You just you just you don't have an intense fear of cars as this man seems to. I mean, I have been hit by cars on a bike, but mm. I also was biking home in the middle of the night in New Orleans where there's potholes and drunk assholes. So, you know, you're gonna take your chances. <laughs> Yeah. We never got hit. We almost did get uh, drive by that one time in New Orleans, <laughs> biking home from the bar. It, w- it wasn't targeting us. Jeremy and I were biking home from the bar like late at night um, down Canal Street, and uh, <laughs> we were almost collateral damage in a drive by. You know, oh, if we if we had left the, if we had left the bar like like uh, like two minutes earlier, there'd be no TMK. <laughs> Jesus, that's crazy. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't, and that wasn't the first time that I almost ended up as collateral damage in a drive-by shooting. I was in a house that got shot once for work, and boy, let me tell you, I hit the deck faster than I think I ever have in my entire life. <laughs> New Orleans is the most beautiful war zone that you could possibly live in in the U.S. I love it, though. You love that city. Gotta love that city. It sounds like a great city. It is. It is. Let's go back to Gladwell, who doesn't only call up Lance Armstrong to be like, yo, you vibe with cars. Next, I called up Jonathan Vaughters, another former professional cyclist. He's just going through his black book being like, ah, oh, you know, I know all these professional cyclists. <laughs> Let me just call him up. Get a couple, get a couple like uh, color quotes from him. Hey, I, you know, I know I haven't talked to you in a while. It's you, the last time we met was on that, um, on that flight, uh, with, uh <laughs> to an <laughs> island, to an island, you know, the one just wanted to get your thoughts about the bikes. Yeah. Malcolm, uh, Gladwell was in Epstein's black book, right? Yeah. If I remember correctly, let me, let me, let me, let me double check. So we're not sued for a light ball. Hmm. Um, but I believe the answer is yes. He is. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Yep. Unsurprising. Right. My man just enjoys his ni- just enjoys okay. nice massages. Well, Who doesn't? Who amongst us, after a, you know a long day of running, doesn't enjoy a nice massage? 
by a child. It's too bad he wasn't writing an, writing an article about private islands. He could have called his friend Jeffrey Epstein up for, for a quote on that. I remember, here's the quote that Gladwell gave the New York uh, Magazine. Um, quote, I don't remember much except being baffled as to who this Epstein guy was and why we were all on his plane. You know, getting on a private plane is a pretty... It's a it's a process, my guy. You know, you don't like you don't find yourself on it. Oh wow, how did we get into this? You know, like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not it's not like you're you're bar hopping, and then someone calls a Lyft or an Uber, and you end and you get into it with a group of people. You are going in probably a limo onto someone's private either airstrip or hangar where they have the, the jet. And then you're filing on a servant's attend to you. I mean, like, come on. You know, I think uh, one thing that frustrated me so much is just how much, like, a lot of the shit people would hide behind, like, most of the public not actually knowing how a lot of these things worked, how Mm -hmm. how the flights worked, how the plane loaning worked, how the the going to the island worked, so that they were able to pass it off as just, like, casual things. Oh, no, I met Mm -hmm. him once. You know, I wasn't really that involved. Anyway, it's just, I'm, you know, I'll stop myself before going on an Epstein rant. We're <laughs> 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 talking about Gladwell and his capacity as a non-frequent flyer of the Epstein Lolita Express. Gladwell continues. Uh, so next I called up Jonathan Vaughters, another former professional cyclist. He and Lance were teammates at one point. Wanted to make sure Lance wasn't an exception. Vaughters, just as terrified. Quote, Yeah, I mean, the first driver I feared the most is just someone who's not paying attention. Jonathan confesses. Weird (laughs) verb. (laughs) Whatever it is, they're distracted and they basically just weave into you. So the second type of driver that I fear is just angry. They don't want you there as a cyclist. They feel that the road is theirs and that you are impeding their progress to getting to their destination and they want to run you over. Yeah, it's a hate crime, actually. That's, he sounds like he's fucking <laughs> next day. I also love that the picture right next to it is like just a helmet on the floor and a bike kind of laid gently on it to, as if like the, as if you got murdered. Uh-huh, <laughs> you uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Gladwell People didn't do. call me up. I'm also a cyclist. You know, right. he could ask me what I thought about cars. About Jason, Waymo. I wish you could ask me what I thought about Waymo. <laughs> How do you feel about cars, Jason? Are you scared of them? Or you love them? <laughs> to be fair, uh, you know, drivers do. Drivers are out here acting crazy mm, <laughs> around cyclists. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Would you say so? What you would say that uh, that uh, you're scared of them? Frightened, terrified. <laughs> yeah. I don't vibe with Right. I appreciate that confession. That's brave. That's very brave of you. Gladwell continues. The willingness to risk killing a cyclist because they might slow you down a few seconds is, of course, the textbook definition of an extreme preference. Yeah, I don't There's, think anybody's like, I'm going to kill the cyclist. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, it's 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 projection to be like yeah. this is an extreme preference this person <laughs> has right like yeah mm, there's a reason why when you drive down the street cyclists and runners and pedestrians are not inundating you competing for the road they're afraid of you you and why are they afraid because you're nuts and in any confrontation the madman has the upper hand all drivers are nuts with one exception waymo, waymo. Mm. 
Mm. Now this uh, this this next paragraph is just just great. Just 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 written. I mean, this whole thing has been written by like Google's PR, right? Yeah. But, uh, this this <laughs> next paragraph so. in particular. Waymo doesn't have emotions. Waymo doesn't text. Waymo doesn't eat a burger and drive with his knees. Waymo weird choice to gender Waymo is his um, yeah. Waymo doesn't get angry if you behave like an idiot Waymo doesn't give you the finger and accelerate sharply Waymo doesn't do road rage Waymo wants to live and let live weird also weird choice to say Waymo wants to live right. <laughs> um, I'm imagining the uh, like the scene from the fly <laughs> it's like <laughs> Jeff Goldblum as the fly is like grabbing the shotgun and putting it to his forehead <laughs> Kill me, kill me. <laughs> this is Waymo. Waymo's He's like, like, I don't want to live. Kill me. <laughs> He's like describing Pinocchio, you know, like just yeah, fuck- Waymo wants to be a real boy. boy. You know, just like in the fucking <laughs> corner. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, continue with this paragraph. It is, it's a beautiful one. Waymo wants to live and let live. Waymo is your grandmother, only with lightning reflexes and perfect vision to 300 yards. In a world of Waymos, cars aren't the madmen anymore. But if cars aren't the madmen, guess who gets to be crazy? The answer is obvious, my friends. We do. <laughs> the experts. <laughs> Glavo's just trying to let his freak flag fly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, I've been waiting my whole life to be crazy, to be the crazy one. Wow. Yeah, I mean, no, the, the, I'm the Joker now. It's like the vibe I'm getting from this. It's, it's. I don't know. It's like mm. so. It's so weird to, uh, you know, go a thousand percent in with the corporations or people narrative, but to may frame it as if like the the things that we hate the most about corporations are the things that he's extolling as virtues. Right? They have no emotions. They're cold. They're steely. Uh, they're impersonal and impartial. And so he's like saying that's the corporation, but really it's not like the corporation also like he's using the corporation, the co- like low key, low, low key, right? Waymo in of itself is not a thing, right? Waymo is like a large legal person that represents all the things that are going on within this collection, right? Of activities and departments and investors, and responsibilities and liabilities and assets, right? And one of them that's going on is uh, developing ostensibly an autonomous self-driving, uh, autonomous vehicle, self-driving vehicle, right? Um, but the idea that the corporation is what's going on here instead of like the, auto- like the autonomous vehicle is not going to be the corporation. It's going to be a product created by the corporation if it exists at all, right? And the product is going to be empowered if possible, by all these fucking what algorithms and sensors that he's talking about. So it is, it's a weird choice. And it's like, I think it's a sloppy choice. It makes sense for him as a writer because, you know, he's doing this PR bit. He's not really trying to think deeply about it. He's just trying to say like, Waymo's are good. Like Google's good. Like these corporations are good. Like they're providing for us the future that we're going to live in and enjoy. Right. But doesn't, I think also at the same time realize that he's just showing us again, he doesn't really have any curiosity. He's not asking like, what about Waymo's is, is uh, going to allow these things. The reason why a corporation doesn't have emotions is different from the reason like an algorithm wouldn't have emotions, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's sloppy and like stupid to lump them together. And a corporation doesn't because a corporation is not a person. 
I mean, an, an algorithm is not a person too, but it's not a person. And so it's, it's object it's structured so that it can just seek profits and shield people from liability. And that requires to be an impartial bastard. And then an algorithm is, the reason it's doing it is not, it's not the thinking machine or it's not a thinking program, right? It's just like, it's just routines and, and, and procedures that, are, that it's attempting to automate, right? Or, or calculate through. So I don't know. Yeah. It just, it just feels to me like, like example, exhibit like 97Z, why he's not, why he, it's like it, his thinking is both like really curious as a child and then also does like a lot of really sloppy work that just like normalizes a lot of stuff that we should be thinking about if we want to understand it better than he does. Yeah, no, normalizes a lot of fiction as well, mm-hmm. right? Like, like the way he describes Waymo is this is not how it works. Yeah, it's very fanfic. I'm actually working in that way as well, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. like this is all part of that, uh, you know, fake it till you make it, you know, about autonomous vehicles, right? Like he's talking about Waymo like it's fucking like level five automation. I mean, yeah. we are. Is it even we, level two? Are they? They're at level two, right? Yeah, maybe like level two, maybe level three or something like that. But like, you know, every, every jump up from there is a massive fucking jump up, right? Like it's not easy to get from like level one, which is nothing to level five, which is everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I think most cars now are like level two. Right, like oh, know, they have like parking have assistance or something like that, right? Or, yeah, yeah, that's like, the level like, one. Right, that's level their like one. that's their drive assist. What is it? Mercedes, like for example, has the thing where it's like if you fall asleep at the wheel, it'll like slowly edge you onto the side of the shoulder mm. of the road. But yeah, I mean, he's talking about it at, like like Waymo's at level five, which it is far away from. And a lot, yeah. of, a lot of experts think that we will never get to level five. Right. Yeah. Like, like they think that's like, like, that's not something that's like far away. That's something that's like just not going to happen. Um, but he, he already thinks it's the case, right? He's not lying because lying requires, uh, knowing the truth and then saying the opposite. He's just bullshitting, right? He doesn't care about the truth, right? He doesn't care about, uh, the, the truth value of his statements, right? That, that's the, like, no, like I said, you can't get you can't let something um, as simple as the truth uh, get in the way of a good story. And he's not even telling a good story here. It's a fucking dumbass story. Yeah. Oh, um, but you know, we're 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 nearing the end. Thank God. Um, so sorry to put you all through this, but it's necessary. <laughs> this is the medicine. Right? You got to right. take your medicine. <laughs> um, so the experts have already thrown in the towel. They're giving up on rational city streets where algorithms and sensors create perfect order out of disorder. My, my dude is talking about techno-fascism. <laughs> yeah. um, without the trains like, must run on time. Yeah, yeah. No, they're saying the future is mayhem. And I'm not sure that's a completely bad outcome. Kids can play stickball on the streets of New York again, like they did in the 1920s. What the fuck? <laughs> Cyclists can ride in packs down the middle of the roadway. You spot like they a did in a, the fucking uh, greaser, you know? It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. You spot a friend on the other side of the street and you shout out, hey, and you impulsively run across the street, across multiple lanes of traffic, and you give them a big hug. 
My running club meets on a crowded track on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, where speedy runners compete with errant soccer balls and children running free and old folks out for a ramble. 50 yards away is the FDR Drive, wide, undulating ribbons of smooth, inviting blacktop. In the autonomous future, we are totally going to do our workouts on the FDR at rush hour, a hundred of us, and the Waymos will sit patiently until we finish. <laughs> Do you understand how awesome that future is? <laughs> what about the angry passengers that are probably people that have firearms that get out and decide that you're inconveniencing me. I'm trying to be somewhere. I'm more important than you are. And then we got another mass shooting on our hands all because Waymo waited for some people to quit their workout on the interstate. I like the idea. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I, I think that there's a really, again, because he's, uh, a child he doesn't think about this but but there's like one could draw an analogy here because this is all, just all about the ways in which like the you know the way mo is programmed right one could draw an analogy what what you know so if his running club full of people like malcolm gladwell are like we're gonna we're taking back the streets the fdr drive is ours you know you, you know whose streets are streets right so mm -hmm. that they can do like you know, run track on it, right? All right, maybe the Waymo was programmed to stop being like, ah, oh, these, you know, these silly, you know, upper class uh, Manhattan Knights are wanting to, you know, just be a little silly and run on the streets. All right, all right. What happens when like a, you know, Black Lives Matter protest decides like they're going to, you know, block the highway, which, you know, like they do. You know what happens when they tried to do that in, uh, in Phoenix? Mm -hmm. People got run over. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, it's happened elsewhere, but you know, that there is the cases in like Phoenix where, you know, they, you know, Black Lives Matter protests, you know, got up on the, the interstate. It's like, we're blocking this. People got run over, right? You think the Waymo is going to uh, stop, you know, be programmed to stop for, uh, for, for, for BLM in the way that's going to be programmed to stop for Gladwell? Not, no. don't bet your life on it. Literally, <laughs> no, do yeah. not bet your life on yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Gladwell continues, in the autonomous future, we are totally going to do our workouts on the FDR at rush hour, a hundred of us, and the Waymos will sit patiently until we finish. Do you understand how awesome the future is? We get the streets back. That, that we is not all inclusive. That's not the royal, you know, that, that's, that's, the, that's the me. I get the streets. That's car owners. That's, I, if you have a car, it's your street now. It was already your street, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. I, I think the we that he's talking about is the uh, the small contingent of people that, that can vacation to the south of France. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gladwell continue. I decide I'm going for a run. The first thing I do is try and outrun the Waymo. And then I'm going to cut in front and we're going to see what happens. Jacob gets in the Waymo in order to monitor Waymo's movements. I do a few warm-up stretches. Waymo stops and starts. Waymo doesn't know what I'm doing, and now he won't move. I'm making Waymo nervous. You're making me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> now Waymo is trying to get around me. Waymo doesn't know what he's doing. Actually, Waymo doesn't know what... Actually, Waymo knows what he's doing. He doesn't know what I'm doing. Why does he keep calling Waymo he? Yeah. Waymo's gone the other direction now. He thinks he's gotten away from me. Not so fast, my friend. Waymo's come back to a stop. I'm messing with Waymo's head, cutting in front of Waymo. Wait, what does Waymo want to do here? I wonder if Waymo's angry at me. Now he's taking off. Oh, he comes to a halt. Waymo's freaked out. Waymo was the perfect gentleman. He let me be the crazy one. 
Remember this the next time some Silicon Valley visionary promises you a future of perfect mobility, efficiency, and clarity in the backseat of an autonomous vehicle. No, it's much better than that. <sighs> For more, check out season six of my podcast, Revisionist History. I want to re-emphasize, this isn't the same fucking town where a self-driving, a supposed self-driving car killed a pedestrian. At no point is that mentioned, and the only time in which a pedestrian and a self-driving car are actually prefigured is this shitty bit he does at the end where he tries to have fun with the car. Insane. Just literally dancing and pissing on the grave of that person who was struck and killed. It being like, is. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is why Facebook uh, has them on the platform. They're looking for writers who are willing to dance on the graves of people uh, related to the subjects they're writing about, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what Facebook does. So that's why it needs writers who represent that viewpoint. I mean, this is this article. Uh, this article blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I I could not believe what I was reading, and 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 could not believe how much dumber it just kept getting. He he, he like. He he really drug us down to his level, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's the episode right there. We just we got to see this. We got to read a really lovely, stupid, infuriating piece with y'all, and I hope you read along and enjoyed it as much as we didn't. Mm -hmm. Now you know this is this is our, our you know low key. We're just trying to find different ways. We're doing A B testing to see what will jokerify the most people, uh, the most quickly, right? And and uh, you know our our testing has shown that by doing an episode long reading series of this of this article, um, you know, fully thirty percent of you have been jokerified immediately. Um, <laughs> but but it's all right because Waymo lets us be the crazy one. Waymo crazy. crazy. Waymo crazy. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, and yeah, just to repeat, this this is on Facebook's uh, new newsletter service bulletin, which I I suspect will be a, a a great mine of content for for us in the future um, as we continue on our mission to uh, jokerify more and more of our beautiful patrons and comrades out there. Um, this is the only way that we will lead to the Luddite Rebellion. If we is if we uh, if if we all allow ourselves to be just a little bit crazier. What does it say about Facebook's innovation that their latest in innovation is just ripping off Substack? I mean, that's what Facebook does though, right? Like they, like they, they just continually rip off uh, this like quote unquote, like innovations or services other people do and put their own branding on it. Right. So, you know, I, I suspect at some point they will try to buy Substack, right? They will like launch bulletin, it will fail. And so they will just buy Substack and roll it into their own, um, their own service. Right. I think we'll end it there. Mm -hmm. We'll have mercy on you. We'll end yeah. the episode there. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for following along with us thanks for listening thank you as always for subscribing um thank you for bearing with with the pain of that fucking dumb ass uh, article way mo dumber way mo dumber uh yeah i think that's about it thank you again thank you for subscribing and we will see you all next week with less painful things you know to to talk about hopefully <laughs> It's either there's only two choices now in this world. Either you're doom pilled uh or you're dumb pilled.
<laughs> Gladwell has dumb pilled like like the best of them. And he's and and we're here to just we're here to help you appreciate the dumb pilling of these people. Thank you.